everyone. Welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible study author, adventure junkie, and founder of Voice of the Voiceless, empowering women in Africa. Join me here every week for inspiring conversations on discovering miracles in life's messy moments. Here's this week's episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Made for More Clay Designs. Made for More specially designs clay earrings and necklaces for women. 15% of all proceeds go toward funding Camp 118 of For the Children Kids Camps, a nonprofit organization that helps children in foster care. Make a difference today with Made for More. You can follow Made for More on Instagram at M4M Clay Designs. Her link to purchase items from Etsy is in the Instagram bio. I know you'll love Made For More designs just as much as I do. Well, welcome back to the Make Life Matter podcast. Guys, today I am so excited. I'm kind of fangirling over here. I have one of my favorite people on the planet as my special guest, Jennifer Rothschild. She's a nationally known author, a speaker, and a Bible study teacher who has written 17 books including the bestsellers Lessons I Learned in the Dark and Me, Myself, and Lies. She recently released her seventh video-based Bible study, Take Courage, a study of Haggai. She's also the host of the 413 podcast with Jennifer Rothschild. Jennifer has been featured on Good Morning America, The Dr. Phil Show, and The Today Show. She is the founder of Fresh Grounded Faith Events and the online leadership library, womenministry.net, for women serving in the local church. She and her husband, whom she affectionately calls her very own Dr. Phil, have two sons, a delightful daughter-in-law, and two perfect grandsons, Trip and Lawson. Jennifer is a C.S. Lewis junkie who enjoys strong coffee, dark chocolate, great conversation, international travel, and audiobooks. Jennifer became blind at age 15 and now helps others live beyond limits. Jennifer, welcome. I am so excited and honored to have you on the Make Life Matter podcast today. Well, I feel just like you because you're one of my favorite people on the planet. <laughs> we we go way back. We had a weekend together at a Fresh Grounded Faith conference. And can I tell them what you did? Absolutely. Oh, you're so sweet. Okay. It was such a memorable, wonderful weekend. It was so memorable. And I might not get all the details right, but basically Meredith Andrews is our worship leader and she shows up, but her piano player's flight does not show up. And I mean, it was leading up, getting so close. And all of a sudden, Angela's at the keyboard and all of a sudden, Angela is accompanying Meredith Andrews and It was beautiful. You helped lead worship that weekend, at least that Friday night. I was so impressed at your skill and your flexibility. And you were also the local conference coordinator. So you're not only leading the conference, (laughs) you were actually leading worship at the conference and you hadn't even rehearsed with Meredith. It was beautiful. Thank you so much. You know, it was a wonderful memory. I will say I was nervous. I remember hunkering down in the green room with my YouTube videos and trying to learn (laughs) The, you know, Meredith songs that I didn't know, I was familiar with several, but to be honest, it was such a blessing. And that whole weekend of that conference, Tammy Trent, mm-hmm. Meredith Andrews, and of course you, our women, oh my goodness, we're so incredibly blessed. Tammy and I have stayed connected since then. And, and, and I, I'm so, I'm so excited to see that you are now getting back to Fresh Grounded Faith. I'm seeing some new sites coming up after this very difficult year we've just come through. 
Yeah, 2020. I except I don't think anyone told 2020 we were done with oh, it. I, I mean, this has been like a 15 month, 16 month year so far. It feels like 2021 has just kept up the nonsense, but mm-hmm. it's just been one of those years. And yes, we have started back with some of our Fresh Grounded Faith events and we're going strong. I think we have six in the spring and I think seven more in the fall. Mm. Now, of course, they're social distant right now and and masked and we're going to follow all the rules, the ever-changing rules. Sure. Um, But we're just grateful we get to gather because I'm telling you, you know this, Angela, after 2020, there is a longing and an awareness of the loss. Mm. Um, of gathering. And so it's just been a year where we were talking earlier, you know, there's been fatigue because of it, because of all the changes. I like to describe it. It's been like our feet have been firmly planted in midair. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. It really is. It is. And so I'm grateful that we're getting to the other side and, um, you know, the Lord's, the Lord has sustained all of us, but I think anytime we can gather in whatever way we can, we need to, because we're stronger together and we are strengthened by each other. Mm, that's so good, Jennifer. It's so true. And if anyone has never heard of the Fresh Grounded Faith conferences, I'm sure they can find all that out on your website. Where can they see that Jennifer in case it's new to someone? Well, Fresh Grounded faith.com. Just think of coffee. You want it fresh and you want it grounded, but that's how you want your faith. Freshgroundedfaith.com. We'll have all the dates and the cities that we're at, plus different videos from other events we've done. That's great. And if someone's interested in hosting, I just loved every minute of hosting that conference and and being able to, to connect you with women. I want to stay on last year for just a moment, if that's okay, Jennifer. And then I'd like to talk about your story I listened to your podcast, the 413 podcast, which comes out of Philippians 413. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I'm going to paraphrase this concept. I may not get your exact verbiage word for word, but I would love for you to, to just kind of uh, unpack this a little bit more for us. I heard you say recently that when we are disappointed, and this has been such a disappointing season for so many of us for different reasons, you encouraged us not to serve our disappointment but that we have a choice to either serve God in our disappointment or when we're disappointed, or we can serve our disappointment. And that was a very impacting statement for me. Can you expound on that and maybe share with us how you handle and navigate disappointment? Well, disappointment is a very strong emotion and anything that, that has strength to it feels like it has weight to it and can pull us toward it. And it's important. It's so important to, to acknowledge our feelings, to feel our feelings, but we can cross a line when suddenly we become consumed with, and then we're consumed by those feelings. And that's kind of what I mean by serving it. Mm. I wake up and I'm disappointed. So I'm just going to focus on how everything has gone wrong, how I haven't gotten what I wanted, how I wish things were different. And the more we do that, we we're just consumed with it. It begins to consume us and suddenly we're serving it. Our thoughts are gravitating toward it. Our emotions are feeding it and we are serving that disappointment. But the contrast to that is go ahead and feel your disappointment. You acknowledge it, but then you take it And just like second Corinthians says, you hold every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So what that looks like for me is I take my disappointment of, um, well, you know, of course I, I travel and speak and we do these events. Of course there's disappointment and all the postponements and cancellations. 
I can either serve that disappointment and just say, oh, you know what? This is bigger than me and I I can't manage it. So I'm just going to bow to this or I'm going to say, okay, God, you teach me through this appointment and I'm going to take what I'm learning, the tenacity, the humility, and I'm going to take that and I'm going to use that to serve you better and to serve others better. There's people who live with perpetual disappointment. God, help me to understand that and feel the empathy of that so that I can extend that. And I'm going to serve you with this disappointment rather than me serving the disappointment. Mm. I mean, there's lots of ways it shows up for me, Angela. Obviously, you mentioned at the end of your introduction of me that I became blind at 15. So there's a lot of emotions associated with blindness, frustration, uh, fear, uh, insecurity, and, and definitely disappointment has been one that has come to a new light because in this season of life, as you mentioned, I have two perfect grandchildren, which is amazing because I bet you that any other GGs who are listening right now have perfect grandchildren also. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing how they're all perfect. <laughs> in fact, <laughs> Angela, I heard somebody say one time that grandchildren are God's reward for not killing your teenagers. It's <laughs> <So>. true. Amen <laughs> to that. <laughs> but I remember when our first grandbaby was born, um, you know, well, be, even before that baby was born, they would send us pictures. The mom and daddy would send us pictures of the sonogram and I couldn't see those. Mm. And I remember just early on those stabs of disappointment that I did not anticipate. I had Mm. grieved blindness many years ago, but I found myself grieving it all over again. And then when that little baby was first born, yeah, I couldn't see one. There was just no way I could relate to this child. And then of course it piled on with this. I'm not going to be the Gigi that those babies want to hang out with. Cause I'm not going to be able to see, I'm not going to be a fun grandma. Mm-hmm. I'm, will they even be safe with me? You can imagine how the discouragement oh. and the disappointment piled on. And I'll be honest, those things don't change just when you decide, okay, I'm going to serve God with my disappointment. Mm. No, it was a process. You got to feel it. You got to work through it. But now I'm at a point where I have a deeper empathy, a deeper understanding, a greater dependence on God, a greater humility And so even within that disappointment, I'm learning how to not serve that, not to give into it, not to feed it and let it grow, but instead take it and just give it to God and surrender and say, okay, I'm going to trust you with this disappointment. I'm going to serve you with it. And I'm going to be the Gigi who you created Mm -hmm. that you created for these little boys. And, and I'm seeing this, uh, a reality in my life even now. Mm, that's so powerful. There's so much there. And you are such a well that we could draw from for days and days and days. And and I'd like to back up and talk a little bit. In in a couple of your books, you're very candid about just even the exhaustion that comes with blindness and and the depression that came with that at, at one point. Talk us through, Jennifer, how you how you deal with that on a daily basis, what that looks like for you emotionally, spiritually, and how we can process our, our own places of feeling like we're in the dark or not understanding what God is doing in a season. Well, I think for me, um, I can't fix blindness. It is something that God has allowed in my life and my particular disease, surgery or medication or any other intervention is not going to fix it. So unless the Lord chooses to heal me, Uh, through his just divine hand or through medical technology changing in the future, I will die with blind eyes. And so 
I don't try to fix blindness, but what I try to do within it often is fix all the problems that go with it. Mm. And it's exhausting. So what the Lord has shown me is that he has not called me to fix any problems that are associated with blindness. Like I got to fix my discouragement, Lord. I got to fix my bad temper because, you know, I bang into stuff all the time and I will get so frustrated and I will not behave in a way that a Christian author should behave. (laughs) And I will get frustrated at myself then because of that. And the Lord has graciously taught me that I am most powerful when I stop trying to fix my problems. Mm. And I just say, Lord, I got to fix my eyes on you. I got to fix my faith on you. I got to fix my whole self on you. And so I think, Angela, whatever it is that we are struggling with, whatever that, like what the Apostle Paul would have called a thorn in the flesh, whatever that is that we're dealing with, we got to just stop trying to fix it all. And instead, just trust the God who allowed it and, and fix our eyes on him. You know, Paul, when he had the thorn, he was trying to fix it. Who wouldn't? I'm not saying that we, that we shouldn't try to do what we can and be good stewards of our opportunities. Uh, and he asked God to remove the thorn. And God gave him the best gift when he gave him grace. I think sometimes when I spend all my time in blindness, trying to fix my discouragement, fix my depression, be more productive, figure out how to manage, you know, Mm. that I am sacrificing the grace that could be mine because I'm trying to manage my thorn. Mm. Yet when I just say, okay, you know what? Even my best effort's not sufficient. Your grace is then I'm able to just, instead of try to fix something, I can just optimize what I've got. Instead of trying to manage something, I'm able to just steward it. And there's a whole different, a whole big paradigm shift there. Um, and, and that's kind of just how I manage the, the dailiness of it. I got to give myself the same grace that Jesus gives me. Mm. And when I do, I'm able to just look more closely into, you know, just keeping my eyes fixed on him and, and not trying to fix the problem. Wow. So good. So good, Jennifer. Thank you for sharing that. Even last year, you mentioned bumping into things. You had, you had a bad accident last year. And while we were taking uh, our, our church went through take courage. I took it personally and you shared about falling and breaking your, your wrist. So talk to us about that. And, and were you already writing take courage at that point? Where were you in that process? And you talk about in that book and that Bible study on our guy, Haggai, (laughs) grabbing fistfuls of courage. So I'd love to just park there for a moment and talk about that study and what it was like even healing and working through this injury while you were writing and releasing that study. Just two months before I filmed Take Courage, because it's a video-based Bible study, and just one month before the manuscript was done, I did. I fell in the Mm -hmm. kitchen, but I didn't just fall. I did like a flying leap kind of fall (sighs) over the open dishwasher door. And so I did this giant arced fall where I landed with my whole body weight on my wrist. And I didn't just break it. I, you know, when I finally was in the emergency room and then with an orthopedic, they used words like splintered and shattered. And (sighs) it was, it was a mess. So of course it resulted in surgery and a lot of pain and I had to finish the manuscript by others typing for me. And of course, trying to work through the pain was difficult. But then here I was 
just about four days before I was to film. And I thought I was going to be able to get my cast off. And when I went in, the orthopedic told me my, my bone had slipped. Mm -hmm. And so I was going to either need surgery or another hard cast. And I was about to film. And so she worked out with me a way for me to have this very strong splint so that I was able to get clothes on and off. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was during that moment of crisis. I remember just sitting on the floor in front of my fireplace, crying on the phone to my friend, Paula. I do not know what to do. I have just written this Bible study called Take Courage. I do not have one ounce of courage. Mm. I cannot do this. I literally physically cannot do it. And there was so much I physically could not do. But the Lord put friends around me and the support that I had to pull it off. I mean, they even dressed me as I was trying to film. The, the Lord was amazing how he provided. But the mercy in that moment was that I realized I had misunderstood what it meant to take courage. Mm. I thought that to take courage meant I needed to put that on my spiritual to-do list. And I just needed to man up and trust God and do what he says. If he says, take courage, then Jennifer, by golly, you take courage. But I had nothing. I had nothing. And so when I talk about grabbing a fistful of courage with that one good hand that I had as I was writing and filming the Bible study, I could just, I would literally lift up my hand and just grab from the air what I called a fistful of courage. And what that meant was when I studied the actual Hebrew of the words, take courage in Haggai chapter two, verse four, it's what's called an imperative command. And that's why I thought it needed to be on my to-do list because it's a to-do, but It is written as an imperative passive. So in other words, instead of saying be strong, it would like be being told to be strengthened. So to take courage doesn't mean you do the thing. It means you receive it. Mm -hmm. So you grab a fistful of courage. You don't have to generate it. You grab it from God because with him in his presence, there is strength and there is courage. And so I I, you would have thought after I'd written the whole Bible study and lived with him with such grace for so many years, I would have understood this, but it took a broken wrist and utter dependence on him in that area to recognize that I don't need to generate courage and no one does. So if you're feeling weak, if you're feeling despair, you just take whatever you got and you grab a fistful of that courage from God, because just like it says in Second Timothy 417, Paul said it there. He said, the Lord stood with me and he strengthened me. Mm. Y'all, when he does that, then we can stand up and we can do the next thing, whatever it is he's calling us to do. Mm. Again, so good. So good, Jennifer. And I love the fact that you are very honest about your emotions. It's not that you hide them or pretend that they're not here. Um, I was in a terrible car accident last February. Um, and, and I don't live with blindness, but it was still a very difficult year as a pianist. And, you know, we talked Mm. about that and a writer, my airbag deployed, hit both of my hands and wrists. And I ended up having two surgeries on one and then a cast and another. And, and you're right. It's just this wearying situation. And on top of that, to be so dependent on other people, my husband had to learn how to curl my hair, although he was very good at it. (laughs) We learned he had an, an unknown little, uh, talent who knew <laughs> but you're right in the in the fact that in those moments especially if we're a believer we feel like we sometimes have to just manufacture this sense of confidence and assurance in God and 
And instead of settling our soul in the joy that he promises us to give us, and you're not saying we can't be disappointed. We can't face discouragement. We can't look at broken wrists and say, God, this is difficult. This is painful. But what you're saying is those are those moments. If we allow them to, that can really teach us even something new about God, something new about our relationship with God. What else did you mine out of that experience? Because I'm still learning some things that he's been taught, you know, teaching me through last year. So I know there's probably even some more things that he highlighted for you. Oh, girl, I had no idea you experienced that. That is so hard. And and I recognize the enduring wrist pain that can occur mm-hmm. too yeah. for a pianist and a typist. That's, that's so hard grace upon you. Thank you. You know, I was thinking as you described that, um, one of the things we have a, a new baby in our family. And I was thinking, you know, when that little sweet baby cries, I don't look at that child and think, why are you crying? Why are you being so dependent? I scoop that baby up in my arms. Mm. And I don't even expect that when I scoop him up into my arms, he's going to stop crying and therefore have no more needs. And I think sometimes you and I live with this sense, with our relationship with God, that, that his role in our life is to meet the needs so that we therefore have no more needs. Or that he dries our tears so that therefore we will cry no more. And I think the relationship with God is part of the superintendence and the sheltering us through that process. Not that the process will ever end, but that we're not alone in that process and we can process that pain in his presence. And so for me personally, there has been a a greater humility that has occurred um, through, through the frustration and the dependence that occurred with the, with the broken wrist you know, exacerbated by blindness, of course. And then got to be honest, just pandemic fatigue has totally plumb worn me out. And one of the things I've learned about blindness is with all the social distancing and masks, so I can't see anybody, I can hardly hear anybody or understand what they're saying and nobody can touch me. Wow. And so the isolation has felt even greater, you know, and people will say, well, you can connect on zoom. Well, not, not if you can't see, you know, so there's just so many things like that, that I have recognized. And I think that sometimes I have had the tendency, well, then you just need to stop needing that or, Oh, thank you, Lord, for meeting that need. Okay. Now I'm not going to need it anymore. And what God has shown me through this whole process over the last year is that, that he supplies our needs, but that doesn't mean the needs stop once they're supplied. Hmm. just like his mercies are new every morning. So are our needs. And if our needs weren't new every morning, we wouldn't need new mercies. So I'm getting more comfortable with just coming to God and saying, you know, hold me just like my little grandson did a few weeks ago. He just put up both his arms and his expectation was that I was going to hold him, shelter him until he felt better. And I'm learning to do that with God in a very spiritual sense, just to, just to allow myself to have the needs and be loved by him. Mm, Again, so good, Jennifer. And thank you again for sharing that. It's encouragement for us that we, we will walk through discouraging seasons or seasons where we don't understand. But I even said to my husband a couple of days ago, I don't know how people are living through this season without a relationship with Jesus Christ. It is hard on this hard, hard on those of us who do have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So I just can't imagine. And if you're listening and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we just invite you to 
to take that step because that's the first step toward the kind of dependency on God that Jennifer is describing, which is so freeing that we don't have to do this alone, that we don't have to come up with our own courage and our own way out, but we can lean into God. And like you said, Jennifer, process our pain in the presence of God. And I could talk to you all day. This is just a very glimpse, guys, into the wealth that is Jennifer Rothschild. She had so many resources available. And Jennifer, I'm going to ask you to share where they can find all that in just a moment. But if, if you can indulge me, just one last question. I love to ask my guests when they get to heaven, other than Jesus, what person in the Bible do you want to meet? And what question are you hoping to be able to ask him or her when you meet them? Okay, well, this was hard for me, Angela, as I heard you share that, because I love C.S. Lewis, and I don't mean to be disrespectful to scripture, but I really would like to have coffee with him I, first. You and my husband, you'll be, <laughs> you'll be knocking on his door. <laughs> okay, but after that, after that, um, I would like a group gathering with Hosea, Haggai, and Amos. Wow. <laughs> And I would just like to interview each of them because God gave them similar messages of his judgment, which was based on his mercy and his love, but they all communicated it differently. And so I would want to ask each of them what the hardest part of their obedience was wow. and how they got through it. Mm. Wow, that's great. And they're all included in your Bible study, Take Courage. It's such a great study. We just went through it. If you are needing courage, and we all are in this season, I just could not recommend it more, as well as I've been through a number of your studies and your books, God is Just Not Fair, Me, Myself, and Lies, um, just so many of them. So can you tell us, Jennifer, how people can find you, find, we've already talked about Fresh Kind of Faith, but your resources, your website, and ways they can connect with you? Well, the easiest way, honestly, is just to Google my name or to go to jenniferrothchild.com. And Rothschild has this sneaky silent S in it. So it's R-O-T-H-S-C-H-I-L-D. You can also find me on the 413 podcast. Yes, and that's a great podcast. Thank you for mentioning that. It's so encouraging and uh, just very practical daily living and how we can, again, grab these fistfuls of courage from the Lord and that he strengthens us to live in his strength and his grace. So thank you so much, Jennifer. You have been a hero of mine from afar and also the opportunity that I've had to, to, to be with you up close and you are just the real deal and you're helping so many to live beyond limits, to live with courage, to live with grace in spite of difficulty and adversity in this life. So I just want to thank you. Thank you for the voice that you are in our generation and the way that you are depositing into the lives of so, so many. And I am personally just so grateful. And I would love for you to pray over our listeners, especially anyone who maybe is struggling with some of the things that we've talked about today. Well, Angela, thank you for your, thank you for your kind words, but I got to say right back at you, sister, God is using you. And I am so grateful for you, thank you Lord. I'm just thankful for my sister, Angela, for all of the brothers and sisters who are listening right now, whom I haven't even met, but I know someday in heaven, we'll be able to share stories about how you walked with us on this side in our darkest moments. And so for that woman, that man right now who is listening and they feel like they are just so in the dark. I pray, Father, 
that you would bring to them the light they need through your word, through your presence, through the presence of another. Lord, may this conversation today be an affirmation that you are with them, that you see them, that they do not stand alone and that they do not struggle alone. God, I ask that you, through the power of your Holy Spirit, would comfort hearts and would draw hearts to know you and to know your word. For those who feel that sense of isolation and Jesus, if they if they don't know you yet, would you just, would you invite them? Would you just make yourself known to them? Save them in the name of Jesus. For those who have walked with you for years, but feel a sense of aloneness, I pray God that in that valley, you would show them that they need not fear because you are with them, that you would comfort them and prepare a table before them, that you would walk with them, that your goodness and your mercy would follow them all the days of their lives until that day when we all end up together in the house of the Lord. We can't wait for that day, Lord. I pray you would encourage us with that truth and thank you for our gathering. We love you so much and we need you so much. And it's in the name of Jesus that we say thank you. Amen. Thank you so much for joining our conversation. Season two is sponsored in part by Worley Dahlberg Yao PLLC. You can learn more about this award-winning law firm at lawfirmvirginia.com. I'd love to stay connected, so be sure to visit angeladonadio.com for books, free goodies, and opportunities to feature your ministry or business as a sponsor. Find me on Facebook at Angela Donadio VOV and Instagram at Angela Donadio, where we do podcast giveaways each month. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Until next week, let's make life matter.